Are we alone in the universe? What could happen if we met another civilization? Will we get along with each other? Find out as we debate these points on the Transcendental Club. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of the Transcendental Club podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Nolan. And I'm Ben. And today we're going to be talking about extraterrestrial life and whether it exists along with many other talking points. So the first one is the biggest one. Uh, Are we alone in the universe? If either of you want to take that, go ahead. I'll start. So my thoughts on it are primarily, I know everyone loves to use the statistic of like how big the universe is and that the sheer probability of it would be highly unlikely that we're the only form of life in the universe. But I also think it's worth considering and considering the topic from an entropy perspective. So the fact that life exists on Earth at all is almost a violation of universal laws, if you want to think about it that way. Like the highest structured organisms like us and like other mammals are so highly organized that it's pretty incredible that in such a chaotic universe that's always trending towards higher entropy, that we have so much organization in all of our structures. So I think the size of the universe is something to be considered, but there's so many factors that just would really make it hard for life to develop in any way. And I think the fact that the humanity still exists and even things like the dinosaurs getting wiped out by the big asteroid 65 million years ago shows that life is very precarious. So I really don't think it's that likely that other life exists in the universe. Yeah, I know that like the Fermi paradox, which is basically like it kind of questions if if it's, like, if, if it's such a large probability that uh, alien life exists, why we haven't seen like any signs of it so far. So that leads me to uh, the Drake equation. And there was actually a, it was refined by researchers at the University of Nottingham recently, but it was created in 1961 and uh, by Frank Drake, who is also the founder of SETI, the uh, extraterrestrial search for life uh organization but uh anyway it takes into account seven different uh variables to determine the number of technologically advanced civilizations in the milky way um so i'm just going to go through the list of variables just to from most certain uh variables to the extremely uncertain and so by using the variables of the rate of formation of stars in the galaxy the fraction of the stars with planetary systems, the number of planets per the solar system with uh, environmental uh, an environment suitable for life, and the fraction of suitable planets on which life actually appears, the fraction of life-bearing planets on which intelligent life emerges, a uh, fraction of civilizations that develop a technology that releases detectable signs of their existence into space, and the length of time such civilizations release the detectable signals into space. Uh, and using all those variables, it results in the number of technologically advanced civilizations in the Milky Way. And uh, recently they refined the variables to determine that there's roughly 36, including uh, our 
planet Earth, there's roughly 36 intelligent civilizations in the Milky Way. But the thing is that uh, if we were evenly distributed throughout the Milky Way, the closest one would be 17,000 light years away. So that's like already so much more complicated because with it being 17,000 light years away, there's actually no way that we would really be able to tell in our lifetimes. And with us sending out signals for the first time a few decades ago, I mean, still another few thousand years more than a few thousand years until another civilization would actually receive them and then it would take that number of years to uh, return back so whether we're actually alone or not is more difficult to answer than knowing whether we'll actually ever be, be able to contact them yeah i do think that's almost a separate question in and of itself um is like are we alone in the universe is one question but i think like i already said i think it's not necessarily all that likely that there is other life in the universe, but even more so, I think it's highly unlikely that we would ever make contact with them. If you just want to consider the sheer size of the universe, plus like the advancement of our civilization, like you said, we've really only been sending out signals that would be perceived by another extraterrestrial race for really like the past century. And that's pretty generous. Like we really haven't, wouldn't have been able to detect them before that in any way. So I think just showing that we've existed for such a short period of time in a capacity to even like think about getting an answer to this question shows that if you think about the fact that the universe has existed for 13.7 billion years, there's, there's a very high likelihood that it's sort of a passing ship situation where you have, maybe there was a really high level um, like type of life somewhere else in the universe and they were sending out similar signals to us, but maybe they've gone extinct by now. It's highly likely we have not been here for that long. And I think, it's just a little bit of a different question to say, like, I think it's very unlikely that we would ever be able to contact another extraterrestrial form of life. Yeah. Also, I think it's kind of, I think you mentioned, you kind of like touched on this, but like if, if, uh, if another species were to send out signals uh, and they were advanced kind of, they advanced earlier than we did, it's very likely that they sent those signals out way before we had any capabilities of intercepting them. And then maybe they went extinct after that. So we could almost have just like discrete civilizations that just never are able to communicate because of technology differences in that case. Yeah. And also the thing that I wanted to mention too, um, with as civilizations going extinct is that there's the whole idea that people have where there's a point of civilization that's the breaking point for every single type of civilization. Like people even start to think that because we've reached nuclear weapons, that's bringing us really, really close to the point of uh, the end of civilization where we end up destroying ourselves. Uh, and they think that every single civilization has that point of extinction, uh, self-extinction basically. Uh, and I mean, it's just a theory, but I mean, if we're close to that and we've only been around for uh, the few, I mean, humans themselves, modern humans have only been around for a fraction of the universe, like small, like it's just a, a raindrop in an ocean um, that, uh, it, I mean, if we're this close, that means that other civilizations could have reached that point even billions of years ago. Um, and also the fact that it took, a few billion years for our planet to form and then reach 
the ability to foster life. I mean, there could be several plants that still haven't formed yet that could harbor life. And so, I mean, there's so many factors that make it seem like it's really unlikely (laughs) that uh, there are any other uh, species out in the universe, but then there's also so many other theories that make it seem like there's a high chance just because of the high probability that there's millions and millions of galaxies with trillions of stars with their own solar systems that it's just hard to think that there isn't some place in the universe that also has life. Yeah, I definitely see the perspective. Uh, um, but I always just do feel like, like I was saying before, it's really remarkable that such complex structures exist on Earth itself, let alone anywhere in the galaxy, that we would violate the principle of entropy and the arrow of time so much that we would have such organization that not only could we exist, but we could also like send out signals to other galaxies and possibly perceive other forms of life. I do think there's something to be said for the advancement of technology that I think that sort of goes the other way is we aren't really, we're technologically advanced, but think about where we were like 200 years ago, say we're, we were first like getting to things like the heliocentric model and things along those lines that technology definitely increases exponentially. So I think mean we might even look like a completely different race in the next like 300 years, say. And so, I mean, we say we can't perceive life in the universe somewhere else right now, but I think that's very possible that that could change just with the progression of technology. Uh, I also think it's, it's a very big jump to go from a sample size of one to a sample size of two. Like if, I feel like it makes it like a massive question in that sense where you're asking, is there any other life anywhere? Which you're basically going from like, a, you know, a complete pause, like basically you're completely, I don't know how to describe this well, but like going from an absolute as the only species to the instant that we see another species, we become way less um, important. And like, you know, if we see one more, if we see one other uh, extraterrestrial species that that brings up to discussion there's probably way more like that so i feel like that's a huge turning point of discovery do we want to yeah you know uh, move yeah, on let's move on to our next point so the next point was going to be would other life appear similar to what we have on earth so well, you guys want to take that yeah I, I can take that um so there there's a few things that i just want to touch on for this one uh so the first one is just, um, I think that they would have to be similar because of certain aspects that would require or like result in survivability and uh, resulting in able to being able to achieve certain tasks that other species wouldn't. Because I feel like having things like opposable thumbs uh, or some variation of them in order to be able to grab things is important. Um, and use them very intricately and in uh, very tedious tasks. Um, and then they obviously have to have uh, certain other aspects with like um, being able to walk. But I mean, that doesn't even rule out that there could be things like centaurs walking <laughs> around on another planet um, because they still have arms and opposable thumbs, but they could be walking on four legs. There could be spider people with eight legs. I mean... Uh, but there's that kind of stuff with like adaptations um, and ha- having the ability to form complex thoughts and emotions 
um, because I feel like that's really important to civilization is you can't really have a civilization without having morals and emotions and relationships and having goals in mind. Um, but then uh, the other thing is that uh, I was thinking about how there's even some uh, possibilities that carbon-based life uh, it might not be the only type of uh, life out there. I mean, they're they're even thinking about uh, silicon-based life is possible, even though they don't really have any evidence for it, but just because of its similar properties. Um, so that could even result in different things. But the only thing, the only other thing I had to say was that uh, some may have evolved more than us, some have evolved less than us. Um, it's hard to know without seeing the other civilizations. Um, and I mean, even if they evolve at the same pace, but I would be, I would think that there has to be similar qualities between different species of alien in order to uh, survive in a world as harsh as the Earth has been over the past thousands, tens of thousands of years. Yeah, I definitely think there's something to be said for that, that the fact that we are such high-structured organisms and there's so much complexity that the fact that we've beaten the odds so much just to exist in the universe to me at least suggests that if there was another form of life, it would be pretty likely that they do look similar to us because I kind of don't really subscribe to the belief that there would be a million different ways that something as complex as uh, organic life could develop somewhere else in the universe just with all the variables of like, considering the fact of how many things had to go right in order for humanity to exist, like we have to be in the Goldilocks zone, we have to survive collisions with the universe from things like asteroids and just like mass extinction, so many other things that I think not only is it highly improbable that we exist in any capacity, I think that uh, gives rise to the prospect of whether or not other life would be similar to us, and it would suggest that. But I also think that if you're going to say, if you subscribe to the argument that the there has to be life because the universe is so big, I think that would also suggest that there's a high degree of variability, because when we think about our position in the universe it's vastly different from any other place in the universe like there's so many variables that would come into play that even if you think about like the last universal common ancestor if something were to subtly change at that point that would completely alter that'd be a complete butterfly effect on the history of organisms on earth basically so i think that uh definitely increases the probability of a different kind of life existing that doesn't really look similar to humanity or anything else on earth um but also i think it's worth mentioning that as Roger Penrose once said, when asked whether or not there, there were aliens out there, he says, we just don't know how to look, which is if you want to consider the fact that we didn't even know there were other kinds of light other than visible light until I believe the 19th century, which is obviously now we see that as obvious, like there's so many kinds of light that we can't see. And that gives us the ability to observe so many things like the cosmic microwave background and other developments. But the fact of the matter is, if we didn't even know that existed, we obviously couldn't have perceived signals from another universe. But we also could be missing something right now that we just there's aliens sending signals to us from somewhere and we just aren't we don't know how to look for them because our technology doesn't hasn't gotten there yet or our science doesn't even know they exist. Yeah, um, I think also kind of on a similar, I guess, like thought process of um, like light wave, also like dimensionally, we only see in the third dimension. Obviously, we don't really know. We, we don't like. We don't understand a lot of dimensions and i think humans we can't even like visualize 
I mean, we can probably visualize the second and first dimension, but above third, we really, like our brains aren't even structured properly to um, see those. Uh, but I think also, I guess I'll make an argument for the fact that uh, they might look, other other species might look different from us, is that I feel like I don't think we are a truly, I don't think we've been naturally selected properly because once, like, I feel like our brain as humans is our, the main usefulness of our species. You know, once we started using our brain and um, more than our physical abilities, that's when we became at the top of the food chain. And so I think we've kind of shortcutted that entire natural selection process ever since then. So I have a feeling that, honestly, we're probably not even close to a final form in the terms of, like, being the, like, the, the perfect looking uh like species because i feel like i think the like the brain power at this point in like development is the most important part out of anything so i feel like they actually could look different in that case yeah i think that has to like well that's that's an one interesting thing about how we kind of shortcutted uh and skipped over a whole part of the natural selection process because you're right as soon as we our ancestors figured out, oh, this rock can be used to cut wood or kill an animal. We kind of like stopped having physical adaptations and more, uh, more brain and uh, mental adaptations. Which I mean, that's that's a really big deal. But that means like you could be right. I mean, who knows? There could have been people say say like some branch of the species was born with an extra set of arms and like if we didn't have those adaptations and they were the ones who figured out to use the tools then they would have had two extra limbs to be able to maneuver other things where as we're stuck with only two i mean (laughs) two is good but and the other thing is with the whole natural selection process is that our planet's environment could be completely different than other planets environments um i mean there could be some places that have uh, a lot more rain than we do so then their species their top level species has different adaptations than we ever had uh or maybe their uh planet has like maybe twice as much uh ocean as we do which would be a lot but like just like if there were a lot more ocean maybe there are the potential of people being mermaids or something like that it's just like it ha- it depends on the environment and we could have a completely different environment than other planets and we don't know that so i don't know i think that's a good argument for uh just having species looking completely different but i feel like there still has to be certain qualities that are slightly similar but i mean especially the mental capabilities but yeah yeah i, f- I feel like it's almost more like, I feel like the question was originally, like, kind of, would we look like other species? I think it's more what our brains function similarly. Because I feel like that's kind of taken over. Natural selection is more mental than physical, like you said. I feel like it is now. And I feel like also, like, if you, even if you look at, like, Homo sapiens, like, different ecosystems and different environments of the world have fostered, like, different, you know, you know, skin color is obviously different for different parts of the world. You have differences in skull structures based on environment. And, you know, a lot of different, obviously these are minute in the, in Homo sapiens, but I feel like if you 
there could definitely be larger differences in different environments, like you said. I also think it's kind of funny that we always like to consider these questions, but we don't really have a definition of life per se. Like, are basically when we say, does other life exist? We say, does it, we're thinking of things that look like life on Earth. But if you think about all the variability in the universe, something could develop that we consider to be a life, but looks nothing like what it looks like on Earth. Like, and that kind of brings up the question of consciousness. Like, could something other than consciousness with some similar properties develop? And I think that would even more support the statement that maybe there is other life and we don't know how to look for them, that it's possible that something developed that we don't know if we would consider it life or not, but it might not be based on carbon and hydrogen or silicon and whatever structures like that. I think there's something to be said that we not only might we not know how to look, but we might not even know whether we're looking at life or not. It could just be something completely beyond what we've seen before. Yeah, I also think like, even like the size, the relative size of animals, like I know that's kind of an obscure um, thing to mention, but like the idea that like on the, on Earth, all animals are within relatively a similar, like, like I guess like size range. Obviously, there's like a lot of like differentiation between like an ant and like a woolly mammoth if they still existed. But um, I feel like maybe like on the, on different uh, planets other like sizes or different traits could develop that, that was a really disjointed thought let's just forget about that one. Right, that's fine. <laughs> like and then also life isn't necessarily like things with consciousness consciousness so then you have bacteria and uh but then you also have plants and i think we completely ruled out the whole idea of having plants i mean that kind of goes with having a habitable planet but also like even a planet before there are any other complex life forms has like it has uh plants usually i mean that's not necessarily true because they plants also had to evolve from uh, single-celled organisms too but i mean in our perception of the history of evolution we always picture the land having plants before any uh other complex life walked up from the depths of the ocean so i don't know i think i mean there there could be very much well life on other planets but it might not even have any consciousness so that's another whole realm of <laughs> uh, complexity but yeah um so i i guess we can move on to the next one yep. uh ben do you want do you want to take this one sure Start. All right, so I guess just as an overview, uh, a lot of our, I guess, like our STEM. Yeah, uh, we're talking about uh, if uh, aliens would perceive math and science the same way as us. Oh, yeah, probably should have have (laughs) specified. Uh, But I feel like I feel like it's our our systems do a relatively good job at explaining the world around us like obviously we fall short at this extremes and like physics and all that but i feel like that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the only correct ones like i guess i'll compare that to like religions like obviously like the egyptians were heavily believers in polytheistic religion and in their gods and then you know the whole like you know the the jewish people were all monotheistic and it was really confusing for them because they were like opposing beliefs uh, but like you can't really you can't really discredit one, and they could technically both be true in a 
at least in like a more general sense of the term. Uh, right, so but, I feel like. Oh, sorry. Keep no, going. You know. I, I was I just going to say that it like boils down to there's the foundation of all the sciences, right? And at least in our universe, if there are other universes, but we're talking about specifically ours, physics only works one way that we know of. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think there's certain aspects that would have to be the same, but I mean, there, I mean, other civilizations could be so much more advanced that they perceive things so much better than we do that make ours look like learning the alphabet compared to what they do. So I think it, I think it boils down to there having to be the basics. Like gravity is gravity. There's no, that's set in stone. Um, and light waves are light waves that's set in stone but there could be so much more to these things that we don't actually know and that other civilizations could know so um yeah so i think there has to be some things that are similar well i think it's also unique to point out that basically all of our math was previously before we had different developments was based on euclidean geometry which is like obviously what you learn in school and stuff like three-dimensional geometry um but if you look into the history of that, he based it on certain axioms, which are assumed to be true, and postulates, which are like a higher level, but still considered to be true. But if you think about the fact that he based it on basically he had like five postulates for the entire basis of the geometry we use every day. And obviously, that's a fantastic model for the universe. But we've also brought up the fact that there's other types of geometry that are also good models for the universe. Like one example is hyperbolic geometry which isn't what we mainly use, but it's all, it's considered like to have certain values as a model for other things. Um, and I think it's worth noting that we say our math and science works really well, but if we changed even one of those postulates or one of his axioms, like our entire perception of the universe could be changed. We could have completely different models that are unrecognizable to what we have now. And we could still say that's correct because we can still get data that appears to be that way. Um, I guess the point I'm trying to make is the math and science we have now is based on us holding certain truths to be self-evident, I guess. Whereas if you question some of those and maybe you change one of the like major concepts of science in a tiny way, you could have a completely different model for the universe and it might not be more or less correct. It's just that we think what we have is right now is correct because we don't have anything better, it looks like. Right, and then there is that one thing that one day that... I actually sent to you guys in a text about the uh, theorizing about an alternate universe with evidence. Now, when they were doing that atmospheric um, observation with that one satellite, they started to see uh, some particles moving in the opposite direction in like the opposite type of speed that would normally happen uh, away from the Earth. Uh, and we, we, our explanation for that right now is an alternate universe. But what if? other civilizations have a much more uh, like just a, an explanation that would make that seem so much more less complex than an alternate universe. Like we could just be saying that because we have no idea what that type of science is. Like that could be a completely different uh, field of science that we just discovered. And there could be other civilizations that, potentially have already studied that for years so yeah i wanted to jump into something quick that i know we were probably going to save this for another day but i'll bring it up a little bit anyways because it's connected is that when you think about humanity itself we've evolved to understand like classical mechanics and things that are beneficial for survival in the wild basically and like hunter-gatherer societies but that has the potential to block a ton of scientific intuition like the joke kind of always goes that 
anyone who in like caveman societies and whatnot that understood quantum mechanics was getting eaten if they were worried about that. And I think when you consider it that way, we might've evolved just to understand the universe in a certain way that benefited our survival. But if you're in, say you consider extraterrestrial life in a different environment with different constraints on their existence, if they evolve in a different way, they might have a completely different consciousness or mindset to perceive the universe in a different way, maybe with higher dimensions or something that we couldn't understand just because we haven't developed in that way. So I think it's worth noting that our evolution can sort of limit us from understanding certain realms of math and science that could help to give a more accurate model of the universe than we have right now. And it's not that those are wrong. It's just that we can't perceive them. Yeah. And uh, I think this, I think this point ties more into like the, the science side than the math side. But I think it's interesting to like question, I guess, how, how sure are we that every like civilization would get to the same point in science? Cause like, I feel like we kind of had a, hit a lot of stepping stones based on this, like the makeup of our earth. Like, you know, we had charcoal available. And so that kind of led to the first use of fire and then, you know, the bronze and iron ages because we had those as resources that were in relatively large um i guess like supply uh on the surface of the earth but i, I guess i i guess the my point is like would we have would we have gotten to the same point as other civilizations in terms of scientific discovery or technological advancements if they had different resources and elements in larger uh quantities than ours <laughs> well i mean for all we know there could be a civilization out there who actually perfected alchemy <laughs> which led to other uh, fields of science i mean the whole idea of changing matter into other changing atoms into other types of uh materials like that's kind of a that's kind of a rough section of science to go and get into but i mean for all we know we gave up too early there could have been other civilizations that did achieve that and then the other thing is too i mean going back to what i said earlier about there being the potential of uh other uh life forms that aren't carbon-based like say there are the silicon-based that could completely change the way they studied biology and i mean there could be <laughs> i mean biology is probably going to be one of one of the most biology and environmental sciences are probably going to be the most variable across intergalactic civilizations just because of their environments, uh, the different biologies, the different species on their planets. Whereas I think with other fields like physics and chemistry, more, more physics and math, um, those are going to be more similar um, imagine getting to skip the yeah. the hydro imagine getting to skip all the like the hydrocarbon units oh that'd be nice <laughs> that would be fantastic <laughs> yeah you'd have what you'd have hydro silicon units Oof. All right. higher level dead. stuff there <laughs> um yeah so i just we can end this question in a second but i just wanted to add one more point which um nick i know you sent us that thing the other day where they were saying how they're reviewing the value of the cosmological constant because it doesn't seem to be a accurate based on new studies and i think that's an important thing to say just to, so I don't remember what the, who said the quote or what it really was, but it was something about the end of the 19th century where someone basically said physics is appearing to be a field at its end or something because we had the standard model of the atom. We pretty much thought everything was over. And then I think I believe Mrs. Max Planck had certain studies with light and like the photoelectric effect, things like that, that really turned everything on its head. And it's kind of interesting if you want to think about it from that, that 
they, they could have different math and science than us and it could be right and ours could be wrong but maybe we just haven't reached a point where we can perceive certain things yet like if you think about how many things we take as okay like we've moved this far in science but maybe we're going in the wrong direction and like the standard model of the universe things like that are wrong like we even said the cosmological constant could be wrong which is obviously an incredibly important calculation that we would need to perfect in order to truly understand the universe so i think it's worth noting that their science might just be farther along which would make it different and like we can be missing massive things like obviously Think of how many steps we've made forward in science. Like we thought the universe revolved around the earth and other things like that, that were obviously now we see are completely wrong, but who knows, maybe we're missing something like that right now. And it's going to completely revolutionize our science, but then we just haven't perceived it yet, or we're still looking in the wrong direction. Okay. So yeah, so we'll move on to the next section. So the next question we were going to point out was if we were to interact with an extraterrestrial civilization, would it be more or less advanced than humanity? When do you guys want to take that? Yeah, I, I can take. I can start off with this one. Um, I mean, again, that that's the whole thing. Going back to there being, say, the uh, Drake equation is right, and the closest civilization we have to us is seventeen thousand light years away. By the time they contacted us, say they sent it seventeen thousand years ago, and we got their message today, and we could understand mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, that was seventeen thousand years ago so like they for all you know could be seventeen thousand years more advanced than us at that point if they uh and or they uh could be extinct and so it's i mean that's hard to perceive but say we did encounter a civilization like say a spaceship from another civilization reached earth today and they got out we had universal translators and we could talk and and uh, i mean First of all, if they did reach our civilization, that would mean they are more advanced than us. Um, if we reached theirs, we'd be more advanced than them. But, okay, let me start over. Say we met somewhere neutral where it didn't take any technology to meet. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to determine where, uh, how advanced a civilization would be uh, compared to us because that also kind of goes back to the whole differences in science, math, evolution, Um, I mean, they could be more advanced than us in some fields of existence than we are in the same thing with us being more advanced than them. Uh, Like, for example, we could have a better understanding of uh, biology or the way that uh, our our sun works and other stars work, and they could have a better understanding of how physics works. And this is kind of turning into a, a rambling tangent, but I just feel like it's something that's really hard to gauge, but if you were to gauge it, um, I think it would probably just boil down to who contacted who first. If we are going back to the technology aspect, it's who contacted who first, because in order to send messages directly that so so precisely that they would reach another planet that would harbor life, that would be capable of uh, receiving it, there would be so many factors that they would have to include in sending their, their messages. Um, and uh, I mean, it, it's, it's really a difficult question to answer, but that, I mean, my thoughts are just whoever contacts who first is the more advanced civilization. Yeah. I was going to take in the direction of considering the timeline of the universe. Obviously we said it's existed for 13.7 billion years. We've really only had the technology to interact with another form of life for the past like century, basically. 
I think it's pretty unlikely that we're more advanced than another civilization just based on the sheer timeline that like our technology has come so far, but most of it has been created and progressed upon in the past century, which is an incredibly small fraction of the history of the universe. Like say even like a billion years ago on the universal timeline is a pretty small amount of time. But if a civilization developed then, then continue to progress through that time period, they're obviously going to have to be, it's pretty unlikely that they wouldn't be way more advanced than we are right now. And also I was going to say that the, we've obviously seen in the past century that technological growth is pretty much on an exponential curve. And I know I said before that we could have an unrecognizable civilization in 300 years. Um, and I think that's something to be noted. If that growth were to continue, and I know you were talking about like maybe civilizations all have a breaking point, but assuming no limit exists like that, even a civilization that was 500 years ahead of us could have insanely more powerful technology than we have. They could be way more advanced than we are like to the point where we can even understand them. So I think the fact that we are in the position we are based on the timeline of the universe just makes it really unlikely um, that we are less advanced than another civilization that exists. Yeah, I think it's also um, important to like keep like the art and like also like the social aspect to our civilization in mind as well. Because obviously, if we were to like meet another civilization, I think Noah, I think you brought this up a tiny bit. Just that like we don't really know how another one would look, and it could look completely different. Even consciousness could look completely different to what we think. And so I think like the whole moral aspect to our human, our uh, species. Is definitely like a talking point if we were to uh, compare with another species, and I feel like, you know, even just looking at like social reform or like, you know, any of those, anything like that could also, uh, kind of maybe give us more merit versus another civilization potentially. You know, if if you think of like some weird like, I don't know, maybe this is like post-apocalyptic or something civilization where like there's like you've kind of lost the whole like i like moral idea i guess and whole like societal togetherness i feel like you could maybe still make some big technological advancements but you're kind of you've kind of lost that whole art side potentially and social side to your civilization i say we find a civilization that has esp and then we can communicate with them <laughs> i don't I, I that i mean or, or we run into an AI civilization. Yeah, we obviously considered the prospect of AI overrunning humanity, basically. And I think that brings up important questions of civilizations are obviously very fluid, as we've seen from human history itself, that things can change so much, like progress and science can be lost. And I think that would sort of refute my argument that it's unlikely that we're more advanced than a civilization is that, like, I don't really know that a civilization could exist for as long as a billion years. So I think maybe... There are a bunch of other civilizations, and but they are all in the same timeline as us, more or less. So I think there's something to be said about that. Also, if we were to just like come across a random civilization and like kind of place our bets on whether we're, I know, I know that sounds like random civilization sounds kind of a weird thing to say, but like, <laughs> like if we were to place bets on whether it be more advanced or less advanced, do we think that as a civilization we're above average and like how how quickly we've advanced? Like, do you think that we've been an efficient civilization in general? I would bet. I would bet against us. <laughs> You're asking me to make an over under bet on human civilization, and I think in most, in most cases, with the human civilization, I I would say no. 
I mean, think about like all the different like governments we've had that have basically overrun scientific progress. Like, obviously, not to make this a political episode, but like the Nazis destroyed so much scientific progress based on they kicked Jewish scientists out of Germany, who obviously one of them was Einstein, which considering if he had more freedom to do things, he obviously would have made so much more progress. And I think that definitely our our humanistic conflicts slow down the progress of science. And I think that not to say that any other civilization would not have those same conflicts, but I think at least for us, it definitely has slowed down humanity a pretty significant amount. I mean, who knows? There could have been a civilization that found the perfect government system their very first try, and they could be flourishing in the closest to utopian society that they could. I'm not going to get into utopian societies <laughs> right now. I, that, that's a whole another episode. Good thought, though. But, um, I mean, like, I, I feel like humans reached most of their goals, even their uh, advancements that is probably still aren't ideal right now through trial and error. And for all we know, there could be a civilization out there that reached every single milestone that we've made their very first try doing something. So they could be so much more advanced than us just based on the number of attempts that it took them to get there. And they, I mean, they could have an entire global, uh, united global uh, nation, as opposed to us with our hundreds of countries, however many countries we have. Um, but I mean, <laughs> that's another whole factor that could lead to the different, uh, ad- the different complexity of, and uh, how uh, advanced civilizations are is just how easily they reached the, their milestones that they did. Just like taking a look back, we still live in a society where people get tricked by Nigerian princes. So I feel like, I feel like we might not be at that <laughs> forefront. This is true. And I was going to connect that to what you were saying earlier, Ben, that I definitely agree that if we find even one other form of extraterrestrial life, I think it's that it's more likely that there's millions of them than that there's just two of them, you know? And I think like you were saying, Nick, it's possible that just on, based on trial and error, they got there quicker than us. I think if they're were to be millions of civilizations, which I think is more likely than there just being like two or three, just by sheer probability, one of them has to have something close to a utopia where they're dedicated to scientific progress or something like that. And they would have a much more progressive, not, that's not the right word, efficient, I guess, society that's made way more progress than humanity has. on to our next talking point which is if we encountered extraterrestrial life would it be hostile or friendly when you guys want to take that yeah, nick you want to you want to yeah I, I i can get this one um so i think it's like kind of going back to which which civilization would be the more advanced i mean ideally we would have a mutual friendly relationship with the extraterrestrial life but i think in all seriousness, it's more likely that we would encounter a civilization that's either more or less advanced than us. And whoever the uh, more advanced civilization, I think it kind of boils down to predator versus prey, um, strong versus the weak. I mean, the the more advanced civilization is going to see the less advanced civilization as subordinate and the same way we've always viewed less developed countries as uh, savage and 
uncivilized so they they would try to make us seem more uh advanced and they would try to take uh control of us so um yeah that's what i have to say for that um yeah so i was gonna address the fact that it kind of depends on your relative perspective so i was gonna use the example of the way we treat like animals and experiments like i was do a lot of animal testing and things like that and we don't consider that i mean some people obviously do but we generally just consider that as like, oh, well, we're the dominant species, so we have the right to do that. But obviously, if you're to take it from the perspective of a species below us, that's like extremely hostile behavior, even though we just consider it like scientific progress and experimentation. So I think, like we said before, at least I said, I think we'd be more likely to encounter a more advanced civilization. And if they were to run the same kind of experiments on us that we do on uh, less developed organisms, then I think that would obviously be hostile based on our perspective. But for them, it might just be like, oh, well, they don't matter, you know, like the same way we treat animals that are below us in the food chain and whatnot. Yeah, I feel like if we were to be discovered on our planet by like some other extraterrestrial life, like I feel like if they physically come to our planet, I feel like they've gotten to a point where they've probably met a lot of other civilizations. At least that's what I infer from that. Um, and I feel like as I think Nick mentioned a little bit, I feel like that kind of just come down to like Darwinism. I feel like it would become kind of just, I think it would have to be pretty violent, honestly. I feel like there would be no benefit to a stronger civilization and keeping a weaker one around, really. Yeah, I, I mean, ideally, we would have a kind of a one of those fantasy sci-fi Star Trek encounters where we, you know, we were to say we encountered a less developed species and maybe like oh you've reached the point of being able to uh travel or you've like reached this level of technology so we can admit you to this intergalactic uh alliance but i really with the with the idea that we don't even have the ability to have a global alliance i think it would just mean that uh, there would be a lot of issues if uh, extraterrestrial life were to reach us especially i mean that's a whole nother thing like all of the having all of the different countries if only one country met the extraterrestrial life then there would be an issue with uh keeping things private and then but then also who knows maybe that would unify us and it would, it would be a good thing <laughs> if they started to attack us i'll do a little pop culture plug here for you guys i don't know if you've seen that episode of the twilight zone it's called to serve man where basically there's a race of aliens, I guess, that come to the earth and they bring all this new technology and they cause all of society to disarm, basically, and we end all the conflicts between our countries and everyone's saying how much they improve our society. And then they say, like, okay, we're going to, like, take some of you back to our planet now. And they're all, like, getting on these spaceships. But the whole time there's a book that they're trying to decipher because it's in the alien's language. And the one woman finally figures it out. And she's like, it's a cookbook. And it says, because it's called to serve man, but it's serve man like a dish. And I just always thought that was so funny because it kind of just showed how, like, how much of suckers humanity is that we really, like, if we were to be encountered by another race, even if they were taking advantage of us, we might not even realize it because they were so advanced. We could just be completely wowed by their technology and whatnot. And we aren't really that far along in comparison. So I think we could pretty easily get taken advantage of, which we would obviously see as hostile behavior, but they would just see as sort of, like you said, Ben, just kind of Darwinism, like, we have better technology, so we're going to take advantage of it. Yeah, so I guess kind of related to that, do we think that, like, if, like, I assume that definitely if we were to discover another 
um, extraterrestrial civilization that it would probably be the government, at least a government that would discover it. Um, how do we think that that would, do you think that would boil down to the everyday person? Do you think that we'd like figure out? Or do you think that it would stay pretty, I guess, secretive within the government? Well, I was, no, I'll make another connection. I don't know if you know who, um, who we've talked about this before, but Bob Lazar is a guy who claims now he's sort of like a whistleblower, I guess. On He claims he worked at not Area 51, but something similar. And he has like all these detailed descriptions of alien technology that exists there. And someone was interviewing him. And they basically said like, so how do you think the government would be able to hide all of this stuff from the general population? He was like, well, you've seen now they don't have to. Like so many people have tried to expose this stuff. And like there's so many accounts of people saying like, I've seen this in the desert and whatnot. And just nobody believes it. Like, that's just kind of funny. They don't even have to hide it. They're just saying like, okay, I mean, yeah, it's there, but you guys can't prove it. So we really don't have to worry about you knowing about it or anything. Yeah, I mean, there's also the whole thing that was talked about in the news recently. I mean, it wasn't really in the mainstream news, but it was talked about a little bit about how they, the I forget which branch of the military released it, but there was like a video that people claimed was, was the, the Pentagon. UFO. Was it the Pentagon? Yeah. I think so. Well, regardless, some branch of the military or the government, U.S. government, released something, and apparently there is, like, a part of the government that is researching uh, and trying to understand and even... They're basically trying to observe to see if there are UFOs, uh, but then UFOs could be literally anything because it is an unidentified flying object and that doesn't necessarily mean that it is a spacecraft but i mean i just feel like based on how most of the modern governments work right now there's probably a high chance i mean for all we know they could already know not to get into conspiracy uh theories but (laughs) i mean for all we know they actually could have information on extraterrestrial life that we have no idea about and if they do have it, I I mean, I'm not surprised at all that they would keep that a secret because of all the, I mean, there could be a lot of uh, problems that arise if the general public found out that there was uh, extraterrestrial life out there and we haven't done anything about it. So Yeah, and I was, I've always kind of thought about that as my attitude was sort of like, well, what's the government's incentive to hide it from the general public? But I think recently we've sort of seen how, you know, we've talked about this, that like there's like AI has been used a lot more and like, especially with all the protests and whatnot, they're using facial recognition technology and everyone's getting obviously very nervous about that, but that's existed for so long. And like Penn, you were saying people paid for it to have it on their phones and like, didn't even think it would be used against them, which is just sort of ironic. And I think that's sort of, there's something to be said that maybe if the government did interact with extraterrestrial life, that they would just be hiding it because they could use the technology on their own or use the information somehow. And, showing it to the general public creates all sorts of like PR issues and whatnot and just basically slows down any like progress or discoveries they could make in that field. And they could also use it to their advantage in ways that the general public may not want them to. Yeah, I might take a slightly different approach and argument. I'm actually going to argue that they wouldn't be able to hide it easily. And my reason for that would be, um, I feel like as such a large organization, such a like a hierarchical organization like NASA or like the government in general, I feel like, first of all, 
there'd be a lot of people that we would have to keep silent. Like, I think a lot of people would know about it if something like this were to happen, because you'd obviously need a ton of branch cooperation. Um, but also, I feel like if we were to truly find extraterrestrial life, we'd surely see like NASA's budget increase or, or like at least allocate some some form of like monetary, I guess, aid towards that branch, just because obviously that would become a major priority in terms of defense, but also, you know, just NASA in general, that would become a large, uh, I guess, task for them if that came to light. So I feel like it would almost be very difficult to keep that within the government if, because I think NASA's budget is Actually, maybe it's increased slightly in the last couple of years, but it's definitely like very minimal in comparison to others. And I feel like I feel like we would see within NASA a lot of people being um, either like shifted to different departments or whatever, or just a general like I don't know uneasiness within the government if something like this was actually known. What do you think Space Force is? That's obviously what it's for. <laughs> it's just it's just a big cover <laughs> no i do think there's something you said for that but i also sort of feel like the government doesn't really i mean we can barely keep track of our finances for things like actual things like education and whatnot so i don't think it would be that hard for them to hide money being shifted around like i think that just sort of would be the least of their worries um i'd also say that there's certain things in history that have shown that it's pretty easy for the government to hide stuff like stuff we know about now but like we say the cia did all those like mind control experiments we're really getting into conspiracy theory land but whatever um but i mean even be that true or not i'm pretty sure it's like been proven to be true but nobody really even cares anymore you know what i mean like obviously if that were to happen now and everybody knew about it that would be incredibly shady and people would be alarmed but it's sort of like the government did it and everyone just kind of like understands it and we're like okay well it didn't really work out so we're just going to pretend it never happened so I don't think it would be all that difficult for them to hide something like that because I just don't think people are really paying attention to that stuff or even that they care about it if they were to discover it. Yeah, so uh, I think before we start getting into more and more conspiracy theories, I think I think it'd be good to move on to the final yeah, probably. <laughs> question we have. Um, the moon landing's not true. <laughs> don't I mean, don't get me wrong. I love conspiracy theories. I think they're... They can be really interesting, but they can also be really funny. But um, uh, what? So the final question we have is, uh, what would the implications of us discovering life elsewhere be? And uh, I just, I'm just gonna throw out one word before either you take it. I'm just gonna say diseases. Hmm. I think that's that's one of the biggest things for me. Um, I was just gonna say existential crises among like everyone, <laughs> just like feeling unimportant. <laughs> like I feel like yeah. people. I feel like people are always grasping for that. Like before Copernicus, everyone was like, no, no, we're the center of the universe. And now everyone's like, no, but we're not the center of the universe, but no one else is living on like the sun or anything else. So I feel like people would just go into like an existential crisis, to be honest. I actually definitely agree with that. And um, Freud had mm -hmm. something about that where he basically said, I don't remember what he called them. He was like, there's three things that have like moved man out of his throne of ignorance, which I think, let's see if I get this right. The first one was, the heliocentric model and he said basically the earth isn't the center of the universe like the world does not revolve around humanity the second was darwin's discoveries and basically that he was like 
we're nothing more than animals in this big scheme. Like we're not special. Like we've just evolved from primates or whatever. And then the third was because his ego, he was like, is basically his theories of psychoanalysis. And he was saying, man is not master in his own house. And like that we can discover that we don't even have control over our own thoughts, basically that we have subconscious tendencies that are pushing us into all the decisions we make. And I think that would be an interesting development as if we had a fourth one, which I think that's pretty logical that we would discover life elsewhere in the universe, which would completely, I think, end any theory that humanity is special. And it would show truly that we are just um, the, another development in the cosmos and that we don't have anything special. We just tend to feel that way because we haven't seen anything similar to us develop in other parts of the universe. Fifth would be living. Fifth would be figuring out that we're living in the simulation. This That's is for true. another day. Yeah, we'll skip simulation um, theory for today. We'll have that whole episode. It'll <laughs> be, be normal. Be yeah. normal. I, I just want to loop back to what I said at the beginning. I want to talk about the biological effects that would happen, especially with diseases, because say we did encounter another uh, carbon-based life form or not, um, but I'm going to start with carbon-based life forms. They're going to obviously have different diseases, and we're living through a pandemic right now, but who knows how devastating a, a disease from another world could be. But say there are also the silicon-based life forms. That's like a completely different chemical structure and composition of what we're used to for diseases. So if, I mean, that could potentially be extremely devastating to our population. Our disease could be extremely devastating, devastating to theirs. So... I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. that, I feel like that could be like one of the biggest problems that arises aside from any hostility or anything, unless yeah, it's kind I have, of biological warfare. But <laughs> I haven't taken bio in a couple of years, but I I feel like we wouldn't have any antibodies for any other, like any uh, viruses, actually don't have, anyway, for any diseases um, that would be non-carbon based, mm -hmm. I think that'd be. I think you're right that that could be a serious issue. I would also trace that back to like we were talking about before the implications of how evolution has basically like lo locked us into this box of we can only, we only have certain capabilities regarding science. And but even our own existence, you could consider that our evolution has developed to fight X, Y and Z, like different kinds of pathogens that we have on Earth. But if we interact with something completely outside of our galaxy or like solar system or whatever, we would. I don't think there's any way you could say that we would have some way of fighting that. Uh, one one other thing I want to bring up is kind of going back to uh, when I was talking about the strong versus the weak and stuff like that. I feel like we would enter a new... It, say we encountered a less uh, developed civilization. I feel like we would just enter a new period of imperialism. Uh. I mean, it wouldn't be any different than us encountering a new nation that's less civilized. Um, <laughs> Do they have oil? <laughs> but, like, if... I mean, it could start an entire new, almost uh, imperialist race between the world's nations if we're not a global, globally unified nation, which right now seems completely impossible <laughs> but if i mean even if we were we would still enter a type of imperialism where we would try to uh, impose our culture and de technological developments and everything on these new civilizations and 
uh, I mean, that's that's kind of a negative thing too, in a in and of itself, because I don't know, we could be completely destroying uh, millions of years of uh, civilization's progress if we tried to do that. And I mean, ideally, again, it would be like the Star Trek models where you encounter civilization, you impose some of your beliefs, but it's not hostile, and you let them keep most of their culture and civilization and progress. But I, I don't know. I find that very unlikely. And I mean, the same thing could happen if another civilization encounters us. They could turn into an imperialistic uh, type of civilization towards us. So I was going to ask you, you guys a question. Um, so obviously, considering the fact that there's so many things in science that even like certain people like saying like certain sects of religion or society like don't believe already, like obviously so of like flat earthers and whatnot. On a scale of one to ten, how strong do you think the evidence that we've actually discovered extraterrestrial life would have to be for people to actually believe that it exists? Ten. I think we would need to be able to have actual evidence that, like, in our hands, like even even if we got signals from somewhere and we said that that was a a specific signal created by another life form, I feel like there would still be like probably at least there'd be so many skeptics if they heard that because we receive so many different types of signals and even it were if it, even if it were a brand new type of signal they still wouldn't necessarily believe it i think we would need uh like photo evidence or physical evidence in our hands to be able to show everyone that would result in people believing it i just i just i mean there's always going to be skeptics you can't you can't ever convince everyone. I mean, think I, about it. There's still flat earthers out there, so. Yeah, I feel like it's also, it kind of um, works back to the whole, like, existential thing. Like, I feel like humans would, they love to be corroborated and hate to be disproved. And so I think that in order to get over that, kind of like that hump, and in order to get people to actually believe it, we'd need, like, like you guys said, it, I think we need, like, to visibly see an alien or something like that. What do you think is the most likely way we would encounter another life form? Do you think it would be from like something like signals of like light or whatever radio waves from another galaxy or I don't even know, maybe something like, like life forms on like a comet or something that comes to earth or on um, like maybe fossilized or mm-hmm. something. I don't really know how that would work in space. I'm not, hard. I don't have knowledge in that I think field, but. I think if they're, I'd, I'd expect probably radio waves with the only, That's... with the only reason really being is I don't think that like just thinking they probably as, as civilization advances, you probably send out radio waves pretty early. You know, we, we're already doing that, but we're not to like probably the only way that that could be beat if is is if you somehow discover like traveling near or I don't know, basically at the speed of light. And I feel like that'd be very difficult to. You know, I feel like that'd be pretty difficult to get to. I mean, I don't know. We're a very undeveloped civilization in that comparison. So I can't really say we can't get there. But I feel like it would be... I feel like they wouldn't get to that point before the radio waves reach us, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think I have to agree that it would most likely be some kind of signal like that. Uh, but then again, we haven't even scratched the surface of our solar system. Uh, I mean, we're still... I think the uh, new Perseverance rover 
is going to be investigating signs of life under the surface. And they said that even by the time it gets to Mars, it's going to take 10 years to really process what they get. But um, I think signals are the most likely if we were. But then again, uh, I mean, we haven't searched the comets. We haven't searched the asteroids. We haven't searched Mars. We haven't even searched below the surface of the moon. So it's really difficult to tell because that, I mean, having something right next door could be, would be so much easier than having something thousands of light years away that would reach our, uh, reach us probably much later than our lifetimes. So, yeah. All right. I have like two, I have like two unrelated questions. First of all, do you guys think that as like, as a planet or like a late bloomer, you know what I mean? Like, do you think that there, you think like the moon or, uh, probably not the moon, but like, do you think that other planets would have life that's already been killed off? Um, I would say, I would say probably, yes. I like, I know you're saying this before that it's very possible that there's already been life that has come and gone in different places in the universe and we've missed our chance to interact with it. And I think that's, more that's more likely than we us having some like perfect timing where like as soon as we're like hitting our stride as a civilization we somehow get lucky enough to interact with another civilization but there's also i mean whom i just say that probability is low like one example would be that scientists like theorize the existence of gravitational waves and basically we figured out how to detect them and then like i think it was two years after that we detected the first ones and it was like, I don't remember the specifics of that, but the timing was just so lucky that we like basically got in right before the door shut and we were able to detect these and they're an extremely important discovery in astrophysics. So I think like, obviously I like to say from the perspective of probability, like, oh, the universe, the universe has existed for so long. It's unlikely that two advanced civilizations would exist at the same time. But I think probability when you're talking on the scale of the universe almost goes out the window in a way because obviously we've seen anything can happen, so. Uh, there's the scale of the universe and then how long we've been around compared to the the universe i mean we, we've only been alive for a fraction of the fraction of the fraction of the age of the universe so it's i mean going back to us being like the passing ships and the uh there, there's a really high chance that we're we're the only civilization alive right now because all the other ones either came before us or, or going to come after us um unless we we're the first civilization to get past that uh that extinction point like i was mentioning much earlier um i mean we could be the first civilization to get over that hurdle or we could be one of hundreds of thousands of civilizations to reach that extinction point and just disappear our nuke supplies as otherwise okay. <laughs> i mean um go ahead no if you want if you have a point there yeah, i just have one short thing to say is um it's kind of an interesting thing about um at least for like weaponry that i was listening to i think i told you guys jim gates was talking about that how he says the more powerful our weapons get the less able we are to use them so i think that's kind of an argument that humanity wouldn't have an extinction point is like obviously already we have like mutually assured destruction and that's not to say that nobody would be like whatever whatever leader would like set something off anyways that could destroy civilization but i think we sort of reached a point where we understand like the massive implications of our existence and the power we have and i i don't really see a future where we're like 
willing to make ourselves go extinct. But you know, maybe I have too much faith in humanity. I don't know, and I usually don't. Um, this, and then my last kind of, I guess, like question to you guys kind of goes back to the original question of implications if we were to discover life other places. Do you think that that would like prompt xenophobic tendencies? And if so, you think it would be globalized or each country react differently? That's what they did to Superman, right? They considered him like an immigrant and everybody hated him. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's interesting to consider the political implications of it. But yeah, I know we're saying like, I, I don't trust humanity from that perspective. I think like it's, I think most people, the risk of sounding like a cynic, don't really appreciate certain progress in science that like they don't understand its significance. So I find it very hard to believe that people would like really take an interest in extraterrestrial life. Like think about like the first image of a black hole. Like people cared about that for like five weeks or it's not, sorry, not five weeks, like five <laughs> days. And then just like, no, everyone forgot about it. And that was obviously a huge leap. Like not only do we, obviously we've confirmed its existence, but we literally have a photograph of it now. And everyone was like, yeah, that's cool. I think if we were to discover extraterrestrial life, maybe it's like, a hot topic for like a few months or maybe even a few years and then once we like learn more things about it we're kind of like hey you know we'll let it go well it's because as soon as people start to get into the actual science behind it they find it boring and then mm -hmm. they won't actually like find it interesting anymore whereas like if they see this little green man on <laughs> the mars they're gonna be like oh that's really cool and then all of a sudden yeah it's just gonna like it's gonna be the same picture mm -hmm. for yeah, five years there's definitely Instagram something to be like, said oh, okay. for flashiness in that regard <laughs> yeah um i guess one one last thing so i know that we kind of thought that if we were to get um some evidence of ex uh extraterrestrial life that would probably be via signal or some kind of radio transmission or something if we didn't physically if they didn't like hop off their ship in like nevada and talk to us <laughs> What, where do you think we'd go from there? Because just getting the signal, like, okay, we can probably prove that they exist, but that all that means is that, you know, we can't really go anywhere from there if we get that signal. What, do we send another signal back and wait another, like, 10,000 years or whatever? No, I think the first one is, I mean, I don't know. I think they'd probably have an idea of where it came from, but I think really pinpointing where it came from would be really important because, for all we know, it could have been... Uh, the closest star system to our solar system or it could have been something tens of thousands of light years away across the entire milky way and so i mean that's the only that's the only step i can see being taken from there because there's really nothing else you can do after that if it's especially if it's something that's thousands of light years away there's nothing you can really do um, if it was something like the closest star system, I think that would be a huge difference uh, in mm -hmm. what would what could be done because I think I I need to double check. Uh, but the closest system, um, yeah, it's only uh, four point three seven light years. So if we were to send a another signal back, it would only take. 4.37 years uh and that would i mean we could have it's still kind of a long time but in the scheme of things it's really 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 small so we could have an ongoing conversation with a alien civilization every five years 
Um, yeah. I have a feeling. Oh, sorry. No, that's fine. I was just going to say, and for all, that would be like really amazing if we could share. That might honestly be the best kind of relationship we could have too. Where it's just one, really long distance. Yeah. Really long distance. So <laughs> there's no hostility other than <laughs> <laughs> the only, the only hostility you would have would really just turn into a form of cyberbullying. Yeah. It'd just be smack talk. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, think about it. if we were communicating then we could be sharing technologies we could actually like i mean i guess the biggest issue is figuring out how to interpret these things from them these messages but um even if we were to able be able to figure that we would uh i mean being able to decipher an entire alien language would just be like so monumental so i don't know yeah, I feel like people have this, like, misconception that, like, if we found evidence, it'd be, like, you know, all at once, we'd, like, become, like, in, like I don't know, engrossed in this new civilization, and, like, we'd be, like, tra- like, we'd be transported back to their planet or something. And I feel like if that, if we actually were to find evidence, it'd be a way slower process. <laughs> like, I feel like people would not only get depressed from the existential part, but also they'd get depressed because it's happening too slowly. Yeah, I think it's... All very interesting stuff. So I think that's about all we had to add for today. Uh, thank you all for tuning in, whoever may be listening to this. Um, hope you enjoyed our little... The aliens. Or, the aliens maybe are Maybe they are. So I hope you enjoyed our little pilot here. Um, forgive us, we were working out a few kinks with some th- certain things. Um, but I think it went pretty well. So uh, thank you for tuning in, and uh, hopefully you listen to our next episode.